Welcome to the Worship Leader Problems Podcast with your host, Jeremy, and codenamed Joel. Look, worship ministry can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Welcome to episode six of the Worship Leader Problems Podcast. You heard us right. Episode six. What in the world? So much fun. We're having a blast. (laughs) Yes, we are. Um, So many cool things are happening behind the scenes, guys. Like, you just have no idea. God is uh, using this. And we were just looking, Mr. Probs and I, we were just looking at the, uh, the iTunes account. And uh, all the reviews have been really encouraging. And so we just thank you so much. And mm. I mean, you guys are the reason we do this. Right, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. First of all, the, the fact that you're listening. Um, I know these podcasts are not short, but there's yeah. just so much to to include. So um, they're as short as we can make them right now. And so thanks for investing the time and uh, trusting us with your uh, your challenges and your struggles. We're so grateful for that. Um, please continue to review. Give us that five-star review and write some words. Uh, that's yeah. so helpful for the podcast. Uh, we also need your MVPs. Uh, email yeah. info at worshipleaderprobs.com. Send us a picture, the name of the church, what this person does, whether they're staff or uh, or volunteer, and send us their Instagram handle. And uh, Yes, please. Man, we'd love to recognize uh, those people there's so many people out there in the trenches. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this crazy journey. Yeah, dude. And one other thing I would love, and I know Mr. Probs would too, like if you, like if you're using any of the things that we've talked about, maybe you've just recently introduced a new song or you have, uh, you know, you're using this, maybe the, the AW scale for mm-hmm. picking your news, man, send us an email, let us know how it's going. We would love to stay connected with you guys. Um, we try to be, and especially Mr. Probs, like we try to be really responsive on the Instagram to emails. And so if you contact us, we're going to do our best we can as quickly as possible to get back with you. And so um, we just love to have that interaction if you guys uh, are, are using anything that's going on. And so right on, dude. man, right on. We want to, we want to talk to you. So, um, so, Hey, you know, the whole Calvary cavalry deal. Yes. And there's this girl named Jen who made these <laughs> memes about oh, you. Yeah. Trying, it was fantastic. She sent one today. Are you serious? Oh yeah. Yeah. I have not seen I it yet. I have Dang it. <laughs> and it's it is uh oh my gosh. She's hilarious. It's it's the it's the count from Sesame Street. Oh gosh no and it says <laughs> it says counting how many times Jeremy says dude during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I I am convinced that one day when I see God, He's going to say, "Dude, what's up?" <laughs> it's it's my word. I get it. It's cool though. It's, it's my so word. awesome, man. You're fantastic. And Jen, thanks for those, man. Those are so good. Yeah. And take this, Jen. Cavalry, <laughs> cavalry. Yeah. What? What now? Let's go. First try, man. First try. Now it's a Dude, part of you. It's just a part of you. It is. It is. I got to be honest, bro. I'm exhausted. Yeah, you've had a I lot, have, you got a lot going so on. So, I mean, this is the church, right? When we're talking yeah. about, the, you know, everybody that's in, in the trenches and whatnot. Like, so 
I haven't had a day off in like three weeks mm. and I just mm. produced mm. a youth conference this weekend and then automatically back first thing this morning, changing out set design for Christmas. Dude. You know Dude, what? To borrow a word from your world. Dude. Dude. That is, that is, uh, that is a lot, man. Yeah. Pray for old, old Jeremy, the co-host there. He could use some, uh, use some prayers for sure. You know, one or two would be nice. Right. But I'll, th- I'll throw some up for you. I appreciate that, dude. You got it, bro. I just said it again. Now it's going to be in my head and I'm going <laughs> to say it and then I'm going to have to stop. So thanks, Jen. <laughs> it's the Jen rule. That's so seriously. Oh, the Jen rule. Get- general. 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 Get it? She needs to change her Twitter handle right now or her Instagram <laughs> handle right now. We're going to have to get her on the podcast right? so that way we can figure out her words and we can make fun of her then. Absolutely, man. And there is a dude in, uh, I think he's in Nashville. His name is Jeffrey May. We get some really funny comments. I think oh, yeah. I think his are next level. And so I already told him, we need to meet, man. We need to have him on the, on the, did somebody just run behind you? No. What did I just see? Was that the Holy Spirit? What's happening? I, I hope so. Because <laughs> literally there's a wall right behind where I sit. So. Oh, man. Um. So are you just like, are you just heavy into Christmas planning right now? Oh, man. Yes, we sure are. And so um, we do like a large weekend, uh, not a, not like a, it's more of a concert, like a Christmas concert kind of in our services. Our pastor still speaks, um, but it's his message is short and like 89% of the service is music. And so we do that one weekend in January, in, sorry, in December. And then, you know, for all of us, so my church has a Saturday night and we had three services on Sunday morning. And so for all of us who do Christmas Eve, which oh, yeah. Christmas Eve is on a Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we have four Christmas Eve services. So we will be rolling out eight services, two different kinds of services uh, in three days. So, wow. yeah, I am. Uh, our, our team is uh, our team is significantly nuked right now, but they're good people. Wow. Yeah. So, like, I'm curious, like through eight services, what would your attendance be like? You know, um, it's always interesting to tell. I mean those four Christmas Eve services, they're all packed, which is just an amazing thing to me. Like our last one is at 11 PM. Oh, wow. It'll be the biggest one. Um, but they're all packed. Our, our room seats, uh, about 1200. So, um, all the Christmas Eves will be full and on a normal weekend, we're, um, around 5,000. So it'll be, yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be, It'll be a lot. Wow. I'm not sure how many it'll be, but um, that Christmas. So you're Eve toast for Christmas Day, then? Oh, buddy, I am. I am. So, Mrs. Worship Leader Probs, typically, um, uh, I am blessed that this year I will not be leading the 11 p.m. service on Christmas Eve. Okay, so that is uh, nice. That is uh, another member of our team, and uh, he will he shall be called blessed. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Work, we will head. We will jump in the car after the the third Christmas Eve service that I'm doing, and Mrs. Worship Leader Probs will drive us to our Christmas Day destination. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will collapse for sure. Like like wow, so many, dude. like so many will. What's your What's your 
Do you do Christmas Eve? Uh, yes. We'll, we do two services on Christmas Eve and, uh, we'll do, so we'll have five services in three days. Oh man. Cause we do one on Saturday night, two on Sunday, and then, uh, we'll do two on Christmas Eve. Man, it's just a bunch. It's just, it a, is. it's a bunch. And it's like, it's, I, I almost would rather, you know, I don't remember if it was last year, Christmas Eve was on Sunday. Yes. Or that's happened before. No, no. Last year, Christmas Day was Christmas on Sunday. Day was, okay, so we all we had church on Christmas Day. Yeah. So did we. And so um it 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 almost it it's almost better for me. Like I'm there already. Let's just if, if let's just roll right into it instead of the next day, you know, coming in and Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, spreading over three days. That's just a bunch. Yeah, dude. Woo. Mm. So we'll have Hey, let's jump and do the first segment of our show. Uh, quickly became one of our favorites right away. And this was this was Mr. Prob's idea as we were brainstorming this podcast. Uh, but let's take a moment and recognize our MVPs. All right, Mr. Probs, who we got this week? Okay, our volunteer uh, MVP. This is another big moment for the Worship Leader Probs podcast. Our, our volunteer MVP is Denzel Naidu. And if I am positive, I'm not pronouncing that correctly. So I apologize to Denzel. Um, but he is uh, serving at Cornerstone Church in Durban, South Africa. Whoa, Dude, let's go. New continent and everything. So Denzel uh, was nominated by Shea Bramdow. And I hope I'm saying that right too, Shay. If I'm not, I apologize. But uh, Denzel's a worship leader, youth leader, um, just making a huge impact on the youth of the church uh, there at Cornerstone Church in Durban, South Africa. That's so cool, that not man. Amazing? That yeah. is awesome. So awesome. Um, I almost went to Durban last year. You did? Yeah. Uh, the experience conference, shameless plug. <laughs> took a team and did the conference in South Africa. Whoa. And I was originally supposed to go, but my, uh, my, at that time, my chiropractor didn't think my back would handle the 17 hour flight from Miami to, my goodness. to South Africa. And so, um, one of our, uh, she was my, volu- she was my, uh, assistant at the time. She ended up going, wow. uh, I talked her into going and then I pulled out and she decided to stay not knowing anybody. And she said one of the best experiences of her whole life. So, wow. That's so yeah. cool. Well, man. so one day, one day, South Africa, I'm coming for you coming because for you, fun fact about your boy, Jeremy, there is one item on my bucket list. Safari. Only one. Safari? No. I want to cage dive with a great white shark. Dude, that is certifiable. Why in no, the it's world? Not. Why in the world would you do that? When I dude, when I was little, my like I used to live for Shark Week. And if there was ever a great white shark on the like mesmerized, I used to surf. And as much as I was scared of sharks, I, I, there was a part of me that wanted to see a great white when I was out there surfing. Oh my word. I mean, I never saw one. Like we hear stories. I have a lot of friends that dive and stuff and, um, and they, they, some of them have seen them while they're diving. But I, the, the only thing on my bucket list, like if I die and don't get to see a great white shark, I'm going to be so mad. Dude. Not really because I'm being heaven. Um, dude, if I die if, and haven't seen a great white, I will be ecstatic. Aesthetic, ecstatic. It's literally the only thing. But if you go to South Africa, you can go on a trip where they will throw you in a cage in the water and let 15-foot great whites swim around you. Dude, I am am petrified sitting here 
Oh no, of that. no. That's oh gosh. There, there's also I was looking at some trips in. Uh, you can you leave out of California, and then you go down to this island off of Mexico. Sorry, the worship, the worship, the leader, worship leader puppy pooch is <laughs> the worship leader her, pooch making herself known. So that's what WLP stands for. Right. Worship, worship leader, leader pooch. pooch. <laughs> well, so, it yeah. sounds like Denzel. You uh, you might. Look, I've I've made him Denzel Washington. Denzel is look how, it, how it's spelled. It Denzel. looks like uh, the co-host Jer is uh, going to be headed your way, man. I'm coming, man. That's so yeah. incredible. All right. So who else do we have? So staff, our our staff MVP this year is Holden Pace, and Holden is the creative pastor at Pinnacle Church in Clyde, North Carolina. He was nominated by Nathan Stevenson, and uh, Holden's been there for three years. Just is a great. Uh, wears that pastoral mantle, uh, loves his team well. Um, and Nathan, who nominated Holden, is a college student. And uh, he says uh, he helps to make sure I stay fed. And uh, oh, wow. man, I had a guy like Holden who did that for me when I was in college. So Holden Pace, Pinnacle awesome. Church. Guys, we salute thank you. you so much. We salute you guys. Thank you for uh, fighting the good fight for working hard uh, in your churches and uh, doing it for the glory of God, man. Mm, um, absolutely, man. That's so cool. That's great. Well, you ready to jump into another section, dog? Let's jump. Uh, this one I, I love. It's It just cracks me up sometimes what people do, but uh, we call this segment Prayer Concerns. <laughs> So this problems what you got, man. This is one of my favorites, man. We we got a bunch of uh, a bunch of short ones this week, and they're just <laughs> fantastic. So, um, one one that one that came into me uh, as a as a criticism for again what is a criticism for a worship service? We spend too much time praising God. Oh wow. <laughs> That is not embellished in any way. We spend too much time <laughs> praising God. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. I kind of thought that was the point, but um, here's another. I one. feel like they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna hate heaven. <laughs> right. It's gonna be a major bummer for you, man. If that's if seriously that's like you are in for just a rude awakening. <laughs> here's one um, that came from a volunteer that says, "I can't run media and worship God at the same time." I can only worship God when my eyes are closed. Oh, okay. I get you. Yeah. No worshiping in the booth when she's on. Uh, A buddy of mine sent me one. And in that moment where it says comments, um, it says, I'm sorry. This just one makes me laugh. We need more toilet paper in the men's bathroom. (laughs) Well, since we were talking about that, thanks for uh, thanks for making yeah that. yeah thank we will we will pray about whether or not we should put some more toilet paper in the men's bathroom. Oh man, That's, okay. So this one this one came in as a DM to the to the Instagram account, and it says okay, it says can you dur- can you turn down the bass, but only where I'm sitting? I know all these young people like loud bass. <laughs> You know, <laughs> the response should be, yeah, maybe we'll just turn the sub around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man, you can't make this up. 
That's awesome. So hey awesome. guys, thank you so much for uh, helping to send uh, in your prayer concerns. Keep them coming. Hit us up in the DM. Also, you can email us at info at worshipleaderprobs.com. And so, my good friend, you ready to slide into some DMs? Oh man. I got hold on. I got I gotta share it because the cool thing is we do this over a video chat uh using zoom and every time uh we say what's going on mr provs like we'll have some kind of a facial reaction but every time i go sliding into the dms because remember he loves the 70s funk he starts dancing even though there's no music i put the i put the music in at post but he starts dancing and it cracks me up every time dude by the way the music the music was straight fire last episode man yeah i think it's the mamas and the papas really it's i think that's the it was fantastic i think that's who it is I did. I did it for you. Hey, so, you're the man. so what do you got in the DMs, dog? Okay, we were getting a lot of questions about recruiting volunteers and uh, like, what are some strategies for recruiting volunteers? Um, what have we found successful or not successful? Um, so before before we get into this, let me just say, it doesn't matter the size of your church doesn't matter how long you've been in ministry doesn't matter. Um, this is a constant need. It's a constant uh, oh, yeah. challenge. It's a, it's a constant challenge. You will always well, be I, working at this. Have you ever seen a job description from a church where one of the responsibilities is recruit volunteers? Right. It's always there. I mean, you have to, I mean, if you, if you want to be successful at what you do, it's, you don't have a choice. You've got to be able to recruit. Absolutely. And it's, it's a challenge, man. It's, it's, it's a challenge, you know, church, church services, um, in many places has, have gotten very sophisticated and there's lots of, you know, video equipment involved and Ableton and all these things. And I think sometimes that can be, um, intimidating to volunteers. Um, Uh They might think, you know, I don't know that I can do it on that level, or I'm intimidated by the amount of time you have to commit on the weekends or whatever. And so um, recruiting volunteers in this, in this day and age is, is a challenge, you know, in in my area, um, everything falls on the weekends, you know, athletics, uh, music competitions, choir, high school choir, all of those things fall to the weekends. And so you're asking people to give up, you know, time with their family, uh, time, you know, doing hobbies or whatever that they enjoy, um, to come and, and serve. And so like in a church like mine or Jeremy's where your services are fall across multiple days, um, Jeremy, do you, you use the same team all weekend or do you split? We do. Yeah, we do too. Yep, we do. We do that for, uh, media and for what's happening on stage. Yeah, we do too. We do too. I, I, I think it's uh man, unless you're just flush with volunteers because you're, you'd be double dipping, you know, to split. Them. Yeah. I think unless you're just flush, um, I think, you know, trying to use the same team is, and it's also, you know, consistency probably. Yeah. That's a high value where I serve is consistency. Mm. And so to keep that consistent, just keeping this because you start to get used to after Thursday rehearsal, your pro presenter up, 
each one of them, their timings are a little different. And so once you kind of get used to that, like if I were to bring a different one oh, in man. for every service, that could throw off the worship team. Big time. Uh, Big time. Different, different, uh, different guys mix differently, you know? And so once they get the ear set, um, like our worship pastor, no matter how many articles I, I, I send to him, will only wear one ear. Oh, man. And so he, he, he relies on the house a lot for, for what he's getting. Um, and so like, if I have a different guy that may not run his vocal quite as loud or, you know, he'd be constantly fiddling. And so, yeah, that's boy, we I, I had to go to two, two ears a few years ago. Um, I was a one ear guy for a long time and, uh, I cannot go back now. Um, but I don't, yeah. I'm not like a professionally trained, like I didn't study voice in college or whatever. And so like, it's so, it's amazing to me, like in ministry, like I didn't study voice in college and yet I sing more than a lot of people who did study to, you know, to do that. And so, um, when I don't, when I don't wear both, I, I struggle to make it through the whole weekend. Yeah. See, I, being a little bit younger, when I first started playing on stage, ears were all that we had. So I never got used to a stage monitor. Yeah. And so for me now, anytime I have played without, like without ears, it's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Like, I don't like hearing everything. I like, I, I've gotten used to this like sound in my head kind yeah. of a deal. So it's a game changer, man. If you haven't had a chance to do that, you should, yeah. you should uh, investigate it. But the, the recruitment, man, it is a, uh, it's a big deal. It's a challenge. You know, all, most of our teams are volunteer driven. I know mine is, and we're, we're looking at probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 volunteers a weekend to, to run. I'm sure Jeremy's is the same, maybe more. Um, no, but it's, uh, you know, it, it, and now, you know, our church is kind of moving into some campuses and, um, that just makes the need go up even yeah. more. And you, you know, you're looking, you're looking for, you know, Lincoln Brewster to walk in the door <laughs> and that, yeah. that, uh, that has not happened in my uh, career yet. I mean, I've gotten some really good players, but, um, you know, it's uh, it's it takes a lot of time. It you got to if you're if you're looking for musicians, you have to be where the musicians are. So yeah. I think it's 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 it it is uh, important to like be active in your community. Um, you know, be active if there's you know high schools nearby or college campuses. You know, be visible, yep. be active, um, be uh, work on you know being a, a person they, they want to come and jam with. I mean, uh, yeah. that, that ends up being a motivator for a lot of them. Yeah. Um, one of the things I do um, is a lot of word of mouth, mm, but yep. not by, but it's not by me. It's by my team. So I'm trying to create um, like I approach how I run my teams, almost like running a small group. Um, mm. I'm trying to create, community. Mm. I'm trying very hard to equip. And so like I have found most of my best volunteers have come when I have a volunteer that's like, this is the ministry you should be serving. Mm. That's so, important. you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and I'm even willing, you know, like in certain areas, I mean, I like, I can, I'm willing to take somebody without a lot of experience and I will train them. Mm. You know what? But I, I've, yeah. I've built it in such a way that my volunteers would go out and say, look, I didn't know how to do any of this before. Like I, I just graduated somebody to mixing front of house audio without me being around. Um, and he, he showed up two years ago and had no clue anything of a soundboard. And now Love I'm, uh, you know, and so, but now he tells his friends like, dude, I'm doing this. And I had no idea what I was doing before. So you've got to be willing to take the time to train them up create a community, create a place where they just, they want to serve. And it's so cool. Like I'm going to, 
you know, we're our stage is completely torn apart and we got to rewire on Wednesday night. And so I'm just like, send a text out and it's like, yep, I'm in, I'm in, you know what I mean? Like, awesome. cause they want to serve. That's so awesome. And I, that, that really, I think that speaks to attitude. Um, I would, in, this is just, this has been my experience. I will take attitude over ability almost every time because so many things can be taught. Like Jeremy's just saying, he took a guy and, um, you know, what, who, who impacts the service more than the front of house guy? Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a huge high profile position. Here's a guy who didn't know how to do it, but had a great attitude, had a great teacher. Jeremy took him inside and trained him that I think attitude is so important, man. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, and so like, then that's the reality. Like if I can train somebody from nowhere to become a decent audio engineer, like you can teach somebody. I mean, there are certain things from the platform you can't teach. If somebody doesn't have timing, you, you hard, may not ever be able difficult. to fix that. Yeah, it's real difficult. If some, if a vocalist is super pitchy, mm. they might be able to improve, but you may not be able to get someone, you know, in my area, I, I, I have gotten a volunteer in, I've spent 18 months trying to get him trained up and realized, man, this just really isn't as much as you enjoy it, you know, cause we have standards that we have to mm-hmm. keep. I've helped, I've helped people move on and find their next place that they so can how did but how'd you do that? So, and it was tough. He, this gentleman was, oh gosh, at that time, maybe 78 years old when he came back and was like, I love loud music and I want to learn to mix. And so, um, my process for, for training, um, is, uh, we, we've got a Dante network. Mm. Are you familiar with yeah. Dante at all? So it's basically, it's just, it's I mean, network. I, school, uh, I think I went to school with Dante. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's got a great book called the Inferno. Um, but so through Dante, I can multi-track split out all my audio from like, uh, you know, from any of your favorite DAWs back to the console. And so I take tracks and I bring people in and we start with a blank show file and I will teach them gain structure. Mm. I will teach them EQ. And then with nobody in the room, they can begin to start mixing. And so we do that for a while. I do things maybe a little different. Our, our broadcast audio, we have a separate mix for that, mm. but our online, you know, we, we, we have maybe 200 viewers online, nice. uh, yeah. you know, 200 unique IP addresses. And so I will start them off in broadcast. And I know broadcast is probably a tougher place to mix than front of house. Um, but I, I set the show file for them and it's really just, it's moving faders and adding effects at this point, but they also can make mistakes and 500 people in the room won't turn around and look at them. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Good so it's, it's a safe yeah, place yeah. for me to do that. Uh, and then I will, once I feel like they're at the right place with broadcast, uh, I have the conversation, do you want to learn front of house? Um, and so then I will sit with them for however long it takes at front of house to make sure it's very different in front of house because you got to be paying attention. If a m- person's getting ready to put a mic down, do you quickly meet? There's just more going on, I think, at front of house. Yeah, and so... so yeah. And so I sit with them week after week until they're comfortable enough. And then I release them. And that's awesome. Into the wild. That's a great, that's great, man. And to have, uh, to have the heart for that is, is, uh, is so important in ministry, uh, in what we're doing. So I guess we don't have a, I wouldn't say that we have a silver bullet for recruitment, um, other than relationship, man. It's all about yes. relationships. hundred percent. All about relationships. Um, and just, uh, I don't mean this in a discouraging way, but just know you're not 
probably ever going to get to a point where you are recruited. You know, you will always be recruiting. Um, And that's, you know, people come and go, people move, people, whatever. Um, You know, the, the teams, teams are always evolving. And so, you know, figure out what works for your church and, um, yeah, let it rip. Have you ever, have you ever, uh, in your church? Cause I mean, you're in a, you're in a much larger city. Like my city, I think maybe it's 75 to 80,000 people live in my city. And so we don't get tons of, of talent coming in. You live in a very, very large city. So like, do you get new people in to the point where maybe you might even like have tryouts? Like you just broadcast, Hey, we're, we're having a tryout. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, or have you tried that? Do you have any success with that? We do. We we uh, we are moving to a a quarterly. Uh, like when I when I came there, um, there was a need for structure, um, and so uh, we. I would just I would audition everybody as they contacted me, and so we're now moving toward like a quarterly. Uh, uh, interview night we'll probably call them yeah we're calling them interviews i think so um it'll be me and a a panel of people not just me by by myself and um yeah we'll set up times you know half an hour time slots or whatever for people to come in and and do their thing we we don't um we live in in a in a large city but it's a uh there are other sections of the city that are growing more rapidly than our section is okay so yeah um you know we do we do get, you know, people from time to time, um, but it's uh, it's it's probably a little different in other sections of our city. Gotcha. They probably experience that more often. Awesome. Well, I hope this helps you guys. I mean, relationship, be willing to put the time, invest, because the reality is this. There's only one of you. Mm, um, I yeah. learned that I was going to have to recruit. Um I went, I think it was 10 straight months without a weekend off. Oh my, wow. Year one or two of me being in this ministry position. It's too much, man. And I just, I was getting burnt out and I thought, I can't do this all myself. And then I finally got some time off and then I spent two hours on the phone with them troubleshooting. And so then I couldn't even get away. Yeah, it's terrible. But it's not on them. That was on me. I never duplicated myself. Well, I mean, you're, you know, you're amazing. So that's a lot of amazing. Well, that's a you know, lot of amazing. I am the dude. So, <laughs> but yeah, just build relationship, train them up. And I mean, I don't know, man, I win. lots of prayer. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're in the lots people and business, lots of prayer. So, yep, yep. That's right. For sure. Well, guys, it is time for our next interview. Oh my gosh, and think. if you guys could have seen Mr. Probs. When, when this gentleman first showed up on the screen, he looked like a little kid in the candy store. So, Mr. Probs, tell him, tell him who we got this week. Okay, so this I, I told you at the end of last week's episode, if I've ever had a fangirl moment, it was, it was this moment. We are so pumped uh, to welcome Paul Balash to the Worship Leader Probs podcast today. Well, Phil, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm very excited for the next guest that we've got here on the Worship Leader Problems podcast. Um, is it okay? Can we call him the godfather 
of contemporary worship with a little G. With a I little small G. Said, yeah, I mean, G. Yeah. dude, my, my heart is beating out of my chest. I'm so pumped about this. <laughs> you, you're, I was I was telling these guys a story earlier. You're like my wife when she saw Tim Tebow in person for the first time. But uh, but yeah, we're really excited. Worship Leader Problems is really excited to have Mr. Paul Balash on the show with us. Thanks, Paul, for taking Thank the time so and much, coming man. on with us. Thank you, brothers. Thanks for the invite. And I've really enjoyed following Worship Leader Problems this past year <laughs> and just had many a good laugh. And I've shared <laughs> quite often with them. Uh, Something will just remind me of somebody like, oh man, they'll totally relate to this. So <laughs> I re- appreciate injecting some sense of humor. We as a church, capital C, often can, and rightly so, a lot of serious things in life and the, right. the things ministry can be very mm, serious, absolutely. but we oftentimes lack essential laughter and humor. And, you know, as the Bible says, laughter is good like mm. a medicine. Amen. So oh, amen. 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 We're thrilled to have you, man. We really are. Yeah. So where 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 are you right now? You said are you you're in New York City? I am. I'm in New York City. Um, been here about three and a half years. I grew up outside of Philadelphia, a northeast guy, and you know, used to play the Jersey Shore and all that, and then boom, had a real God experience around 19 years old, and then um started hearing Christian music and on this little AM radio station and thought, that's amazing. It's like good music, <laughs> cool music. And it's about God. Like, where's that? Where do you find that? And, uh, ended up going to California, blah, blah, blah. I won't tell you the story, but long story short, I ended up. In well, Texas. actually, Go ahead. I'm going to stop you for a quick second. We're actually going to ask you one of our questions in the Frank five is, is to tell us how you got into ministry and where you are today. So okay. feel free to share. Yeah, man, well, do it. All right. I love it. All right. I'll you just jumped right try in. Try to give the reader's digest version. Um, but yeah, I grew up uh, in a sincere Catholic home, like a lot of Northeast kids from Philadelphia, um, very big Catholic area, Catholic school, altar boy, all that. And I say sincere in that my folks um, was really based, their life was kind of based around the church and we'd have priests over for dinner often. And uh, I don't know, I think a lot of seeds were planted in my heart even back then. A lot of good experiences for me, um, except never really whole, which I later was to experience more of a personal relationship with Jesus, as we as we kind of say that, or sort of the a born again experience. Like that was not that was not part of our upbringing, but that happened later. But anyway, just growing up and then being such a music fan, I was the youngest of four. My older brother was in a band, so really caught on to like Beatles and Stones and just classic rock. You know, we had albums back in the day everything was albums and even 45s and in our basement you know we'd come over we had started off with like tennis rackets for guitars and (laughs) we'd put on a stack of Beatles singles and just like do concerts for kids in the neighborhood wow i say kids you know a couple kids and a and a couple dogs and (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe my older sister and a couple of her friends would be polite and hang out for 20 minutes and we'd feel like we were doing a concert you know (laughs) And then started playing guitar around seventh, eighth grade you know, and started uh, playing in bands in high school and man, had a couple pretty good bands. Used to do a lot of Leonard Skinner and Kansas. Nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> Classic rock. And, um, Freebird. Exactly. Man, I, that's what got me playing guitar. I was in seventh grade, saw a band at the high school and thought, I've got to do that. That They played wow. Freebird. And then, uh, yeah. So anyway, years later, it was a, a joy to figure that solo out. 
<laughs> Once in a while, my sweet young daughter in her high school days, when she'd have friends over, Dad, why don't you play, play Freebird? That's awesome. <laughs> so I would totally take the bait, or I'd be at church rehearsing, and a couple of the band guys would be like, hey, let's just... Paul, you still remember Freebird? Let's just play that progression. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. I just, I would always swallow the bait, just couldn't resist. Like, oh, sure, okay. (laughs) So, you know, growing up again, but along with that whole scene and then playing with some good guys, man, some good players. They were older than me, got in a really good band, played at the Jersey Shore the year I graduated high school. And it was like my PA system. My, you know, these dudes were like meth heads, but they were amazing musicians. They were like wow. almost 30. When, when you're 18, you think that sounds old, right? Yeah. So I was <laughs> glad to be in the band, lead guitarist. And it was like my PA and all this. And we played this club from 10 at night till four in the morning. And, uh, oh my, it was nuts, man. And it was just, you know, by the end of that summer, I was so burned out and so fried and got caught up in the whole scene. And I was really disillusioned. And I just knew in my heart, like, wow. I know better and God, if you know, if there is a God and all I remember going to the back pew and hanging out at 12 o'clock mass on a Sunday with a kind of a hangover from the night before and just sitting in the back pew. Cause that's all I knew. And just saying, God, you know, and within a few months I met some kids, my age, you know, kids, they were like 20 somethings and they were talking about Jesus. Like he was real. And they had this little Bible study and it's like, huh, I was just so drawn to sort of something that they had that I didn't have. And long story short, ended up having a real born again experience, mm-hmm. went to some conference with them. And uh, it was actually a business conference. Friday night was how to get rich Saturday, how to build. And then Sunday morning was optional. And I was like, man, I don't want to miss out. And so I went and my o- older brother, it was like a multi-level marketing thing. And uh, I had sponsored my older brother and his wife, and my other older brother and some friends. And man, we went Sunday morning and bang. I mean, we got born again. Wow. Wow. I mean, just saying. I mean, we went to that conference on a Friday and came back Sunday night. Different, man. Came home. Wow. Was not interested in drugs or anything. Was You know, I was had a girlfriend at the time. I was like, yeah, we, we shouldn't be hanging out like this. You know, we shouldn't be anyway. It was just. Um, wow. And, uh, awesome. you know. It just, you know, people thought we were in a cult, but it was real. We just couldn't deny that, man, Jesus is real. I'm going to all my mm, stoner right. friends like, guys, Jesus is real. Like, uh, anyway, so uh, then not long after that, found this little AM radio station in Philadelphia and they played this music and I was so blown away. Like, I kind of thought like, I'd have to give up music. And So uh, who were you listening to that, like, who, who back then were like influences for you? Well, the first couple of people I heard was Lenny LeBlanc. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. And wow. Kelly Willard, Kelly Willard, which your listeners may not know, but look her up, man. Kelly Willard was just like, she was just so the real deal. And uh, sorry, there's a New York City a truck in the background. This is what you get. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, I love Live it. from New York. It's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, with special guest, um, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Phil, the moderator. Um, anyway, guys, sorry, trying to like speed this up. Uh, oh, you're then, fine, dude. Yeah, well, awesome. then I just, you know, and the more I heard this music, the more I thought, man, I'd love to do that. I have no idea how to do that. And I played all through high school, but thought maybe I need to get, you know, my chops together. I had a lot of chops, but not much 
you know, music education, so to speak. So I went to California, went to a music jazz school for one year in North Hollywood, Studio City. And I went to this church open house where this Kelly Willard was going to be a special guest. And I met her afterwards and we whoops, uh, shook hands and she was invited me to come visit her and her husband sometime if, we, if I ever wanted to. And so became real good friends with them which was amazing. And I would just kind of cut their lawn, you know, cut the grass and wash their dishes and sit around and play guitar in the kitchen while she was made. Just, they just became like friends and family to me. And then through them, I met Lenny LeBlanc. They, they had, um, did an event in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And ultimately oh, after wow. about a year, they were like, we want to move there. So I helped them move there. And, and here I am. I, we, 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 drop, you know, get, unpack all their stuff. And Lenny LeBlanc goes, Hey, well, your friend can stay with me, you know, for, you can just crash <laughs> at my house. So I'll never forget that feeling of laying in Lenny LeBlanc's guest bedroom, looking up at the <laughs> ceiling and going, OMG. Like, how, <laughs> how does how this happen? happen? You can't make this happen. I didn't scheme, connect. There was no manager, no <laughs> agent. This was such a God thing. Wow. Just blew my mind. And uh, before you know, I went back to LA within a few months. I, I, they invited me, why don't you come out here? So I moved out, started playing electric guitar with Lenny and his band. And we did a lot of prisons and uh, high school events, like um, high schools, prisons. And then I'd play with them on Sunday mornings at his church. And man, I would just take the cassette tapes of him leading and I would just listen to those over and over. Phew. Mm. Mm. kind of get choked up thinking about it oh wow 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 what a special Woo. time man just just serving him and kelly and they were so unpretentious and so not phased i mean lenny was kind of a big deal in the secular world before that he was open for leonard skinnerd Wow. On that tour where they had that plane crash. And, you know, he was oh, a big man. deal. And yeah, here he was, such a humble guy, kind of the janitor and the worship leader at this little church in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And uh, such a. Do you feel like, do you feel like, Paul, because I, well, I met you one time at the Experience Conference, just walked through the halls, and this is the first time we've ever had any kind of a meaningful conversation. But I've always, I, I've probably seen you live four or five different times. But what you're saying about Lenny and, and Kelly. Man, I see that same thing in you. Mm, mm. Do you feel like that time really helped shape the the Paul that we all seem to see from stage? Huh. Um, probably. There's no doubt. I've never analyzed it, but there's no doubt that we're our influencers, the people, our mentors. It, it was like an unofficial mentoring, you know, mm. just being around people that were just authentic, that weren't trying to prove anything. They were writing songs. They were sincerely worshiping God. And that's why I would listen to these cassette tapes, man, and just be, I would just try to copy like, okay, then he goes into this song and then he flows into this. Okay. And so the first few times when I got to lead worship, I would just lean on some of those. Okay. Well, what would Lenny do? Okay. These couple songs he kind of would put together and, until I sort of found my legs and um, yeah. So eventually Kelly moved to, Last Days Ministries, which was started by Keith Green, Keith and Melody wow. Green. And she moved there, and I ended up moving back to Jersey because this whole time while I was there, I had a friend named Rita 
And uh, <laughs> who, when I first met her back in my club days, she was living at the Jersey Shore with a guy writing country music, and she was like a Joni Mitchell clone. And, wow! And writing, wow. you know, she had had a song cut by Reba McIntyre and <sighs> a couple people, and uh, and she was, you know, she was lost as anybody could be. And I played guitar on her demo. Anyway, six months later when I ran into her again, she had had the same kind of experience. She'd gone to this church on a Christmas Eve service and boom, born again. So we just stayed friends, man, platonic friends. When I moved to California, we'd talk all the time and she was an encouragement and I was trying to encourage her. And, but over time, um, I just ended up wanting to go back to Jersey. I got to marry this girl and, um, <laughs> married her. We lived in Jersey for about a year and I went back to just to pay to pay the rent, paying playing clubs at night, and uh, a couple old buddies. We just did a couple uh, little little clubs in the area, you know, just to make my seventy five dollars a night. And uh, she worked at Red Lobster during the day, you know. We're just and then um, Kelly and the Last Days people, Melody Green, just kept telling us, "Hey, why don't you come on down? You guys should come down and." we'll tour and we'll do this and you can do that and you can play guitar for Kelly and Rita, you can sing and blah, blah, blah. So we're okay. All right. Yeah. Awesome. So we went down there, lived in Keith's uh, motor home and we had a little baby then. Um, Rita had a, it was a single mom at that point. So I adopted the little baby and we had a two year old living in a motor home. Wow. That's the kind of home that you you can't go number two. So you have to knock on your neighbor's door at least once or twice a day. Hey, man, sorry. Can I use your restroom, please? Oh. That's amazing. And then after about three months, we graduated to a mobile home. Yes. Yes. We had our own good bathroom. And um, it was community living, YWAM, and Last Days Ministries, and YWAM and Youth with a Mission. Just mm. uh, oh, yeah. a lot of amazing people. And so... Man, that's where, but instead of touring also, this ended up being such a, a funny God thing that I had all these illusions of like, all right, we're going to hit the ground. We're going to tour. I'm going to play guitar. Rita's saying, yeah, it's going to be awesome. For about the first year, all I did was mow their three acres, uh, babysit their kids when, while they would do fly dates, her and her husband, um, wow. do admin work, admin stuff on their, one of those little Mac, one of the first oh, Macs. Wow. Yeah, the little white, squares, man. Kind of a cube. Yeah. <laughs> And like input their, their names from their mailing list, you know. So really it was a humbling time and looking back, a wonderful time. They just learn how to serve someone else's ministry. Hmm. And that's what I just started plugging into the church and playing guitar and the pastor would lead worship. And, um, you know, after a few months at one point he came up or after his message, he said, Paul, why don't you come on up and lead us in a few songs and, uh, just let's have a ton of prayer. Well, I, the thing is, I, I hadn't led people in worship. That was not my thing. I was a yeah. guitar player. I'm doing air quotes for those that can't see me. <laughs> I was, quote, just a guitar player, unquote. Um, kind of looks like Chris Farley. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Living down in a van by down by the river. <laughs> Living in a mobile home in East Texas. Um <laughs> And, uh, man, also with fear and trembling, go up, kind of lead a few songs, uh, man, all those voices of insecurity and just the enemy. Ah, you, you'll never work in this town, Balash, you know, pack your bags, you loser. So anyway, so to this point, you've mostly just been a lead guitar player. Had you not been a front man yet? Nope. Nope. Not really. Wow. Background vocal. 
and lead guitar. Yeah. Wow. So crazy, the, dude. You have such a good voice. No, unbelievable. Right. So the pastor who asked you to do that, are, are you still connected to him? It's been a while. I've, you know, it makes me, it makes me want to reach out. I know he lives in Palm Springs now. His name was Albie Pearson. Wow. Uh, he was uh, a rookie of the year for the California angels back in the nice. Yeah. Wow. How'd you like to be the pastor who asked Paul Balash to come up and lead his first <laughs> worship song? <laughs> yes. Oh my word. Oh, that's sweet. Really sweet. Him and the assistant pastor, Tracy Hansen. And so we were just reading. I like, what, how can we serve maybe with the youth or kids church, or you can play in the, in the worship team if you want. And then after two or three times of just kind of him put me on the spot, he finally just, said one time, Paul, you're a worshiper. If you do anything, brother, you need to leave worship. Mm. And it was like one of those, the finger of God, you know, mm. just really, you know, it was such a, an epiphany for me. Like I am, I'm a worship. Uh, okay. All right. I mean, I'll try. He said, look, we can't really pay you, but we'll clean out that closet behind the platform and you can make that a little office and put a little desk in there and, you know, put a, maybe put a band together and see what the Lord does, you know? That's so cool. Wow. And it was like, okay. And then you say, well, we could probably pay you $50 a week. And I'm like, awesome, man, that's amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, so between that and mowing lawns and giving some guitar lessons, because that's how I was just paying the rent. was starting to give guitar lessons, right? Yeah. Which is where those early DVDs came from. I remember as I started doing, you know, as I started doing some teaching at YWAM conferences or little by little, I got pegged as like the music, Oh, bring bring that guy Belucci and he'll teach guitar. <laughs> True story. I learned how to play the key and E from uh, from watching one of your videos. Oh man, that's nice. I'm, I'm not I'm not even kidding. Aww. We we have given it to so many of our guitar players. We've got your your whole series of stuff. But oh, yeah, was it the the train track method for the Open key and e? e? Train tracks, amazing. I'm telling you, man. I totally learned how to play guitar. Oh man, that blesses me because at the time. I just the whole time thinking, what an idiot. Like Phil Kagey should do this. Like somebody, a real guitar <laughs> should do it. I'm so average for crying out loud. But I was like, wow. all right, two cameras. All right, how about one there? And I guess one there. And just did that in that little room in the back of the church and wow. made a VHS. And wasn't even online yet, but it was right when internet was starting to happen. And man, we yeah. get orders from all over, the, all over the world. It was crazy. Singapore, oh, yeah. like having to go to the post office and figure out like, how do we send a VHS tape to Singapore now? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. But it is beautiful days of just trying to really serve our church. And uh, the keyboard player, Ed Carr was in a band called Harvest. And uh, him and I became good friends. And we were like, look, we've got time on our hands. You know, we're trying to pay our rent, but what if we met at the church a couple times a week to try to write together, like take some of the pastor's sermon ideas and maybe, put them into like a song and, and it just became a thing. And we went and got a loan. Uh, I remember we got a Fostex 16 track recorder, $5,000, $2,500 a piece was the loan. Wow. No collateral. We, and we set that up and we would just try go to the church at eight o'clock and make coffee and open our Bibles and just say, Lord, Lord, we want to write songs for our church. Just, you know, come Lord, you know, just move Lord. Just, just sweet. Sweet, innocent days. And we wrote and demoed at least 100 songs before I mentioned to you Don Moen, but there was a guy, Marty Nystrom from Integrity, happened to yeah. visit. 
And he just was in on one of our morning sessions and said, was one of those songs that one of those yours? Yeah. I said, yeah. He's like, will you send me that? And do you have any others? We're like, in my head, do we have any others? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a hundred demos. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Like, whoa, whoa. But that was the beginning of integrity going, you know, after a few months, we didn't hear anything. And then they reached out and said, would you want to do a live recording? And, and that was just crazy. And so we did a live, uh, my wife and I, some of her songs, like I will celebrate, mm. uh, I will celebrate, sing unto the Lord. I mean, that's a whole nother story with Maranatha music, but anyway, sorry, it's just taking so long. This is it incredible. Yeah. This it is, is perfectly, awesome. it's a perfect time. But bottom line is that was a, a real encouragement to us to find, wow, to do it. And Kelly ended up singing background vocals and Lenny and like, I was having such wow. a, I'm not worthy kind of moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's just, how can, this is an injustice. Them singing backgrounds for me, <laughs> this can't be. <laughs> um, but they were so encouraging and kind. And uh, I was so insecure and just thought, I'm lame. I have, a t- I have such a lame voice, blah, blah, blah. Just all the things that maybe some of your listeners relate to in those early years. And um, so from then, you know, just Integrity Music started the Scripture Memory Series. And then there was such a demand for songs. So we'd go in and just write songs from Scripture almost every day and try to demo those things up. And we'd write for different artists. Like Ron Canoli was doing a project. Oh, and, Dude, and, I love that guy. Yeah. Blessings uh, and honor. Totally. Yeah, Ancient of days, man. Oh, oh totally. Yeah. Sing out. That was always my favorite. The horn section in that was screaming. <laughs> All right. So I'll take it at the risk of being narcissistic. So, I, you know, Ed and I wrote that song. Which Sing one? out. Are you serious? So since you mentioned that. So, you know, this was our classic uh, sort of way of writing songs was they would, they would tell us who's going to be recording in the next few months. And so Ed would be at the piano and I'd walk around the room, maybe with the Bible or a journal, and just trying to put on like a virtual reality helmet. And I would just try, what would Ron Canoli say? <laughs> yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. I believe. Come on, everybody. Sing out. Come on. The Lord is near. Ah, let's build him a temple here. I mean, literally, that's how that song began. Wow. Sort of trying to serve other worship leaders. That was really the the exciting and fun part was what would Don, how would, what would Don Moen say? What kind of chord, what sort of melodies, sort of lyrics does he like to use? Uh, Paul Wilbur, messianic. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's go back into some old Testament prophets. Uh, what would he say? What would he want to, and it was the joy of trying to serve some of these worship leaders that didn't necessarily write a lot themselves. Mm-hmm. And Ron, that was just another one of just we had the opportunity to write many songs for him. Of course, many were not recorded. Hundreds of these songs that we thought were amazing and we demoed them and we put fake horn parts, <laughs> background vocal. And we'd spend three or four days on one song demo and then mail it into Tom Brooks and then wait for that phone to ring. And then after a couple of days, we'd be like, I can't believe he didn't call us yet. <laughs> okay. I got a question and I know yes. we haven't. I, so right now CCLI has you down as either writing or co-writing 384 songs, which is incredible. Um, That's unbelievable. Like for you, as you look back, like I see, I love that you're taking time to walk through your story for us. 
Um, because I think so many times when we're like in the heat of the moment, we, we lose track of God's hand on us through time. And even watching you well up over Kelly Willard songs and listen to those cassette tapes, you know what I mean? And so like, I love these stories of watching how God has literally just picked up Paul Balash and Rita and walked and carried you. Um, so like, okay, 308, like what song do you feel like went, that was my breakthrough song? Um, you know, I mean, at first it was, I love to be in your presence. I love to be in your presence, which nobody knows, but it got some traction. And that was the first experience I had of other songs beginning to sing a song that, that we had written for our church, you know? So it was a little bit of a taste. Uh, I will celebrate, which my wife wrote that was yeah. on a Maranatha praise record. And like, that was a song people were singing. So it was the beginnings of, okay, okay. Wow. Okay. Lord. Wow. Okay. Yes, Lord. And the second album I did with integrity music was called first love. And song number eight was open the eyes of my heart. Yeah. And oh, word. you know, people started doing like rise up and praise him, open the eyes of my heart. And you know, maybe one or two other, but I would say after a year or two, that song seemed to, to resonate and was being sung by a lot of other churches. And this is, actually way before ccli there was no they didn't keep track of stuff back then um wow i think they might have started like in the late 90s wow. so yeah yeah that was just again but that's a little new york city siren back there <laughs> um yeah i guess that answers your question man okay. Just That's incredible. Awesome. I, I'll never forget the first time I heard open the eyes of my heart. I remember thinking this is a new kind of song. Like we don't, we don't have a song like this. This is, uh, in worship. This is a new, uh, this is like a new thought. This is a new thing for us to sing as a church. And man, it just, that, that song, uh, changed a lot of, things for churches, man, our worship. It was so, uh, so vertical. I mean, we, we, we hadn't had a lot of that before then, it seems to me. Huh. So would you say, would you say, Phil, that open the eyes of my heart, Lord, is to worship music, what smells like teen spirit was to secular music at the time. <laughs> I mean, is open the eyes of my heart, what smells like teen spirit. Sure. Sure. I, I was mean, stupid. Let <laughs> it tell me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I remember, um, I just remember every time we led that song, man, just people with their hands in the air and just crying out to the Lord, man. That um that that was a game changer, that song. Well, it's, cool. it's, we'll it, you- it's interesting to hear you say that because um and you, I've kind of shared kind of how that song came about back in the day, but it really was just a prayer in our church so often. And I have to give just a, a big shout out and of gratitude to the prayer warriors in our church. As I wow. would, you know, go to, oftentimes I've shared about ministry to the Lord mm-hmm. in my videos, just going into the sanctuary, turning on the PA during the middle of the week with no one else in the room and just trying to, sing out familiar choruses, maybe taking scripture and speaking it out loud. Something about being on the platform, you know, during the week in in your quiet private time, I always felt like I could see where that began to affect our 
public our Sunday mornings, you know, and yep. oftentimes when I would be doing that, there would be this prayer meeting going on in some other part of the church and they'd wander into the sanctuary and they'd kind of come around me and pray over me or then they'd walk around the sanctuary praying over the seats. And there was such a spirit of prayer and, mm. and uh, pursuit, wow. like pursuing God, pressing into God, praying, calling out, intercession, that that definitely leaked and influenced a lot of the songs we were writing for sure. Cause it wow. even opened the eyes. It's a very short song, but it's, it's that sort of repetitive cry of the heart. God, we want to see you. God, mm. we want to see you in this place. Lord, open the eyes of our heart. God, we want to see you high and lifted up. God, mm. pour out mm. your power, you know, pour out your spirit in this place. Doesn't that sound like the kind of. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely, right? man. Absolutely. Wow. 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 Revival fire fall. I mean, I was a, oh, no one probably Lord. remembers that anymore. I remember that, that revival at Brownsville. That was on the, uh, revival at Brownsville, uh, CD. Yeah. But it was another one of those, again, you can hear the intercession intercessory mm. kind of just crying out, God, revival fire fall, fall on us here in the power of your spirit. Father, let revival fire fall, you know, and wow. we would just sing those at our church. That was, that was, uh, for 26 years. I was at the same church. Same neighborhood, same people, just, wow. you know, I, I really miss that dynamic tons. Mm. Now we live mm. in New York City and, you know, there's things to love about being here. Um, and there's reasons we did, but man, it's just priceless to be in a local church where you're just growing, doing life with a group of people, the, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the hard stuff, the happy stuff. Something mm. uh, I look back and just really grateful for those years. And if I remember right, you- the church was never a huge church, right? No, no, probably never got over a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we'd almost wow. get there and then we'd have a little church split. <laughs> Whoops. <Yeah. laughs> Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody would be, you know, angry about something and the haves and the have nots and who has this and who's experiencing this yeah. and who's not. Yeah. And I would just be on the platform for all those seasons watching this stuff go down, you know, and just, <laughs> And at times we'd kind of, you know, we'd have a little heart to heart with some of the nucleus of the church and go, should we just close the doors and just kind of filter into some other local churches in our community? Or do you think we just kind of, you feel like God is still doing something here? And then, you know, we'd stay and we kind of think it would build up again and there was life. And, yeah. Yeah. Wow, guys. I hope you enjoyed part one of the interview with, uh, with Paul Balash. What a good guy. Yeah, man. What a, and what a gift to the body of Christ. Oh my gosh. Yes. How would you, how would you like to be the senior pastor? You're looking for somebody to lead some songs. You turn around. It's, it's our guitar player who happens to be Paul Malosh. Hey, Paul, that's why don't you the come funniest up, thing. Come, come up and lead some songs. Like, like talk about, um, the ripple, right? Oh so my gosh. Yes. The ripple of everything that he has is doing for the body of Christ, you know, with resources and instructional videos and all the things that he's doing to serve the church and songwriting, and worship leading, all the, all of that, like the pastor who lit the fuse on that man and just <sighs> listen to God. Obviously God's That's got a awesome. call in that guy's life. He can do so much more than just play guitar in the band. Oh yeah. man, that is so amazing. cool, man. So dang cool. And so we'll be excited next week to give you part two of the interview with Paul Balash. And man, we got the Godfather and man, (laughs) and he's just even in the future. We've got two more interviews sitting on the hard drive right now that I cannot wait to share with you. Um, 
They are that both of who we interviewed, uh, Meredith Andrews and Aaron Schust, deep wells of wisdom. Oh man, we've been so blessed. They've all been fantastic uh, so far, and just the the people's uh, they're all all of them have been so willing to share honestly and from their heart. And and uh, those two man, they they uh, they're you're going to be encouraged when we when we air them. absolutely. So, hey, again, hit us up on any of your favorite social media, or I'm sorry, I got Christmas. My wife's texting me. She's in the sanctuary right now working on stage design. <laughs> so let me try that one more time. And I'm not even going to edit that out because we're just real people here. That's so right, right. real life, real truth, right? Yep. Yep. I don't remember what I was going to say now. Well, Cavalry. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need them to review. Yes. Go to our, your right. favorite podcast platform whether it's stitcher tune in google play itunes leave us a review hit that five star button Um, we'd love to see some of your kind words and here's the deal we bring this up a lot because this will help get more exposure to the show um, and allow us to be able to reach more people uh, with the messages that that we have in the experience god's given us and so we're just thankful 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 for all of you don't forget send us your mvps send us your prayer concerns you can hit us up in the dms you can send us an email at info at worshipleaderprobs.com we just are thankful for you guys man absolutely man we we keep rocking thanks for listening and uh uh we're gonna we're gonna keep you guys are helping to drive this so uh keep sending us all that good material all right and until next time, see ya. Peace out.